one and blah. Oh, okay. Um, ladies and gentlemen, tonight Mr. Pablo is not here. He's dealing with a family emergency, so we decided to fill in with just sitting around telling tabletop stories, talking about role-playing games till we get bored or mad or start yelling or start reading. Um, some of the people... Where's Psyduck? Where the fuck did he go? Yeah, I don't know. He had a wedding for his sister. Oh. oh I forgot. Family. I forgot too. Family. Fam, 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 lamb. All right. So anyways, look, here's, here's, okay, I'll, I'll start off. Um, once upon a time, once upon a time long ago, uh, one of our DMs, he ran this really interesting game because we kept going through, he, he had his whole setting. It was uh late medieval kind of early Renaissance sort of setting. And it it had some it was medium light to medium fantasy. Uh, there were wizards, but they were like that ancient man in the tower who can move the weather. You know, it, it wasn't. It, they were like Gandalf wizards. They were pretty rare. Um, and I know someone out there is going to be like, well, text in the Cimmerillion, it says there's this many wizards, and it's going to be that guy in the fucking eighteen wheeler who's like listening, you know, just like, well, man, that Zaws guy, <laughs> you know. So, um. Anyways, uh, it was a it was an interesting, weird sort of setting, and he he had this huge, beautiful set of city states that was kind of Hanseatic League, and it was something we all chipped in on. So we all kind of owned it. It, it wasn't anything ever published, but it was it was something we'd all worked on. Built some really interesting city states, and they were all kind of like Italian Renaissance states in a way where you have all these little kingdoms, but they've kind of slowly dismantled their armies and done war with trade and proxy battles. And so um, there was this one city where we kept fucking everything up. Like we would go in there, get in fights, get thrown in jail, and then bust out of jail. And then get in there and kill one of the like minor lords or whatever. And we kept ruining this city. So he said, hey, I want to run a game in this city. You guys think about what you want to play. And I said, just in that city? He goes, yeah, I want you guys to see the fallout of all the stuff you've had. And I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. So I came up to him and I said, what if we played a game where we all played low-level characters. And he's like, oh, like a gutter punk game. Like when you play Cyberpunk 2020 and you play like the really low-level characters that are like fucking, you know, just gangbangers. You call it a gutter punk game. So he's like, yeah, like a, you know, I said like a gutter punk kind of Dickensian street urchin sort of game. And he's like, yeah. And so we started thinking back and forth. And he says, well, that sounds like that may be boring because you just get stomped on, kicked, and thrown out of places. And I said, okay, what if, what if we had to fight adventures? And he goes, what do you mean? I said, what if we were the city watch? And so he goes, oh, my God, I love this idea. He was a huge fan as well of Terry Pratchett, you know, guards, guards, and the Ankh-Mor Pork City and all that other fun, fun stuff. And um, so we created this city watch that was a night's watch. We patterned in off of uh, – what we could find historically of like Italian Renaissance and German uh, Holy Roman Empire Knights watches. And so we were all these really low ranking city guards and we worked up this system where we would have to basically try to make it to payday. We got paid once a month. We all lived in a watch house and there were so many watch house precincts set up throughout the city. And if anything happened, we had to give it over to the day's watch and the day's watch had like the, the nice uniforms and the jails and everything else. The Night's Watch was just there to make sure people didn't burn the city down. Thieves didn't, you know, steal stuff. We we had kind of a dedicated job in, in that arena, which was really fun. 
But I remembered that it was like a low, low level game. It started off level one and like we would get 100 XP a session, if that. So it was really low level. We were constantly having to fuck with adventures who could kick the shit out of us. We were having to deal with like rat men and kobolds in the sewers. We were having to deal with all of these horrible things. And so um, as I told Kobold when he visited, one of our nemeses was this halfling that stole everything he was this horrible thief like he would he was really <laughs> greedy and he would run in and just grab everything get it in a big bag and take off running and we always showed up late his name was tommy splinter shins because he had wooden legs so we would hear him running down the hallways like he'd hear you hear tick tock tick tock tick tock going down the hallway <laughs> and we're like oh it's that fucking halfling and so we would have to like beat the shit out of this halfling. It was like, ha ha, you can't catch me. And, you know, we'd like put him in a box with termites so they'd eat his legs and he'd be like, ah, you know, we, we were pretty fucking horrible to him. We like broke his feet and, you know, burned him in the fireplace and stuff. Um, then he had like, uh, he always had like new legs that he'd either stolen or made. So he had like legs that were all ornate. We got really rich and he had <laughs> legs that were ornate made out of like fine cut crystal and glass. And we pushed him down the stairs and they broke. <laughs> we were but the, being the city watch was like a fucking great idea for a game and it was it was like one of those times where i'd worked with a dm and we were just bouncing ideas and he's like because most dms are like i have an idea for a game and then what do you hate they generally say what do you hate what do you not like what do you love what do you like and we work on that we we build our little fun world but um with this Oh God, we were just, we were just having a fun time because we just kind of went back and forth and helped shape the world slowly through a few campaigns. And so it was a world we kind of knew. And then this was added into it. So I always thought it'd be kind of fun to develop that into a role-playing game system where you have to play as like the fucking city watch and you have to deal with adventures coming in, you know, like selling a bunch of magic weapons on the black market to make money really quick. So all of a sudden you have like these street toughs firing off with like rods of, you know, energy and magic wands. And they're like the derringers of the street crime. You know what I mean? So you're, you're having to go out there and be like, fuck, they got a fucking rod of missiles, you know? Um, and you have no amulets. Yeah. And when that's the thing is like, you have almost no money. You have like iron weapons and iron armor and you're issued very, very little stuff. You're not allowed to have much. And it's just constantly dealing with things, you know? You, you mentioned making. Yeah, it's like the amazing. purge in D and D. Well, it it kind of is because you're basically just the city watch, which is fun. But you you would it was very political. Like we arrest a guy and we find out like that guy's connected. So then we have to go and escort this guy around. So like in one one session, I remember we arrested this guy who was like a noble and and we just like beat him up because he was like hitting women and stuff and we we're like hey let's just go tune this guy up so we like drag him behind the tavern and beat the shit out of him and we we're like oh gangs did it so the next day that guy's father comes down and is like oh well some ruffians beat my son up in your watch district last night we're like oh that's terrible and he's like yes and they were dressed up as the city watch and we're like oh that's terrible and he goes so you're being assigned to make sure he's fine so we had to like run this noble guy around to like all these fucking deadbeat whorehouses and casinos and he was constantly getting into trouble with like you know like teeing off with gangs and stuff who were like trying to kidnap him or beat him up or 
whatever else and we're like shit you know we were trying to make sure he doesn't get in trouble and it was there was a lot of interesting games like that but once again very low level and he restricted the, the a lot of the stuff you could do so uh we had one party wizard and the the party wizard was fucking hilarious because um he was a guy who was doing community service like he had been in the wizard school and he'd gotten kicked out for like making potions that were very obviously like drugs <laughs> and he got he got kicked out and they're like you have to do community service so he's like a really shit wizard um and that that was our wizard we had a guy who was a cleric but it was like a cleric of a lesser god so he's like i'm i'm the cleric of hearth and home so when people are sad i'm weak <laughs> God. You, you mentioned making you, you mentioned making it a system that reminded me of something I've, I've, I've talked about it a couple times but uh, I played an experimental game with uh, some, some friends once and we, we basically sat down and said you know we, we really like world building we really like you know pitching these ideas back and forth and building this thing collaboratively but we kind of want to play an, a, a proper game but at the same time, we don't really care if we actually finish a story arc or anything. So we we decided to just kind of do world building as part of the story. And uh, it, it purposely took just a glacial pace. Like we, we got almost nowhere with it. But we just started in this city. And uh, every time we, you know, he, he the, the DM made like a very rough sketch of things. And then anytime we ran into a blank spot, we would just stop and say, okay, what's here and how is it connected to one of you? And, and you know, we, we might stop for a few minutes and toss stuff back and forth and decide what's there. And the, the neat thing was, even though it, it progressed really slowly, everybody was really engaged and uh, it, it started painting this really interactive and, uh, you know, intricately woven world because everything had connections to everything else. I, th I think that could probably spin into a really interesting city uh, uh, system if you, uh, like actually wrote out some stuff about it and uh you know gave it something to push it forward a little bit yeah no i i think you're right on that i do think you're right on that and i mean i i find that some of the best shit is where you sit around with your friends and build a setting and then you have one guy who's like a really good dm um just run it but you're helping him write the world you know that that yeah. collaborative sort of storytelling because i know some dms who are like here's what i've written and they get out like eight three ring binders of shit and you're <laughs> like oh no and and this they, is my precious world you are permitted to enjoy it yeah and, and and you go like this is gonna be gay i i i hate to say this but this is this is gonna be awful and you'll play a few games just to you know get it over with but I mean, I'm I'm not the world's best DM. I haven't DM'd in a long fucking time, but I know that like people would volunteer to show up and help, and that made me feel like I knew what I was doing. But I also knew people's games were like people were like trying to dodge the you know like duck the dude like uh yeah not <laughs> not interested. Dead air. So um, <laughs> I got one if you're interested, please. So D20 Modern had just came out on Paizo, and uh, me, my friend, and his friend were like, all right, let's, let's try a game of this. So we rolled up a character. I rolled up a techno-barbarian who didn't know how to use tech at all and just beat people with a sword. 
And he rolled up like this hacker gunslinger kind of guy. And the reason our two characters knew each other is because uh, one day he'd left his house unlocked. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to sleep on this dude's couch. And he comes back one day and sees me like, dude, what the fuck are you doing on my couch? And I'm like, I sleep here now. He's like, no. So fast forward a couple months, it turns out uh, the dude is heavily in debt. So these tough dudes come knock on the door and I open it and they just fucking they uh bag and gag us and they bring us to this lady who says all right you are like 50 grand in debt you need to start working that off and I'm like I don't even know you I'm not even this dude's friend and he's like don't lie you haven't paid rent in four months I was like oh fuck so uh she puts some slave collars on us, and she tells us if we try to run, they will they will explode. Then she introduces us to this half-elf, and the half-elf was pretty nice. Um, she was willing to help us do some stuff. The only problem was we had to go with her to help investigate a cult. And I, I, I don't like cults, because, you know, cults are always bad things. So we go with this woman, and we go down to, like, some mausoleum, and we got there pretty late. We got there just as the cultist finished a ritual. And, uh, basically, some Cthulhu-esque stuff started happening. The shadows started bleeding from the walls. Tendrils started trying to attack us. So we tried to run. And as we just get out of the gate, he asks us to make a reflex save. The half-elf fails. And she starts getting dragged back by one of the tentacles. And I immediately, like, grab her hands. And the thing that stuck out the most to me was, like, right, you see her dragged into the shadows. And I was like, wait, I'm still holding her. And he's like, oh, you are? Oh, I'm so sorry. And he goes on to describe that I see this woman ripped in half by the tentacles. And I just get splattered in gore. And the tentacles just retreat because they can't leave the mausoleum or the graveyard. So he describes, like, yeah, your character is standing there dumbstruck, dripping in gore. What are you guys going to do now? And I was like, I'm going home. That sounds horrible, but funny, but horrible. Yeah, it's just that he said, yeah. like, so upset. Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know, man. I, I, I remember once we were playing Dark Heresy and we, we made this like really awful party, like really awful, awful party. And we had a guy uh, that was like, oh, I'm going to play this noble. And he played this noble that was just really wordy, just very wordy character. And he was he was a layabout like he had connections to everyone that was basically his skill set was he knew everybody he he could talk his talk his way into whatever he wanted and he could you know absolutely have his way with with any woman or man for that matter i mean he was just a total fop and um one of the things that i i thought was funny is my character died so i made another character and my other character was that guy's friend and I said, oh, I'll play your guy's friend. And he goes, oh, excellent. Another member of the Idle Rich. So I made this guy who had the fucking white powdered wig, the Victorian clothes and everything. But he was a big game hunter. That was his whole thing. So he thought this whole thing of them going after monsters and demons and horrible shit was big game hunting. That's all he thought it was. So it's it's it was it was funny because they were like every, the rest of the party is 
flipping their shit. The rest of the party is losing their minds at Monsters and stuff. And me and this other guy are sitting in the back with our hired help. We spent a lot of our money on hired help. <laughs> so we had like people with trays of food and refreshment and we're sitting back with like binoculars and little seats and we're like, oh dear, yes, pass me the demon rifle. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it was funny because the Dean was laughing so hard. He's like, your characters are too dumb to realize they're in trouble. And I was like, oh, that dreadful. <laughs> Mm, the finger foods have run out. Be a dear, would you? I think my only actual experience with Dark Heresy or 40k was the only war we did with Goat. And he randomly drafted me to be a sniper. Uh, and one of the game's text was running as um, sm- Smoot. What was it? Gunny Smoot. What was his favorite thing he loved to say? outstanding um yeah no i i played that fucking gunnery sergeant so he was constantly knife handing and yelling at, like all he could do is yell and, and he had a million wounds <laughs> yeah it, no he was unkillable he was so tough and and so it's like getting shot in the face and he's oh, like, that's what i was gonna say like yeah. i with no experience in 40k or dark heresy or anything like that or or only war in this case i heard the name stormtrooper and Stormtrooper, in my head, is the worst possible thing can be in any kind of, like, Star Wars setting. So I'm like, oh, that seems like an easy target. And I was playing a sniper on a building pretty much straight down the street from where they were set up. And Gunny's just sitting there. I'm like, all right, go. Who's a good shot? He's like, uh, Gunny's right standing in the openness. There's a soldier here. I'm like, oh, he's a Stormtrooper? I'm taking him out. Headshot, really high roll. All he goes is, my face hurts. And he puts yes. his head in the top of a vehicle <laughs> as Nova, I think, I believe it was Nova, like, mediced his face. And he came out feeling just perfectly refreshed. Next turn, another shot in the face. He's like, ow! <laughs> I just keep, I peg him in the head three times with a sniper rifle, one in the shoulder that would have killed anyone else there. And here I'm thinking... Why isn't a stormtrooper not going down? I got informed later that stormtroopers are like like mini space marines and unkillable. Yeah, well, it's just funny. This guy keeps getting shot in the face. And he's like, who's shooting me in the face? What's all these mosquitoes doing around He called here? an artillery strike on the building I was in. That, to be fair, that is perfectly normal for the Imperial Guard. It's like, we're taking fire yeah, from that I mean, direction. Delete grid squares. Yeah, Go allowed me to burn my one fate point to survive it, terribly wounded, but able to come back to get my revenge on Smoot. And I was like, what gun can I get that sniper rifle like that I can actually kill him with? And he gave me a list of weapons I never got to use because it never happened again. Yeah, and I mean, that's it's always fun, though, to have, like a nemesis in a oh, game yeah. like that guy that keeps coming back and like we we've had several over the years like in in D&D we had some of the most bonkers crazy insane like recurring asshole bad guys and they were so fucking annoying and i mean super fucking annoying bad guys that would just keep coming back and just make shit shittier. And I remember one of the ones we had that made me so fucking mad 
was it was a D&D game and there was this guy that was like this really rich noble and he was like I am the greatest swordsman alive and he would like throw his cape down you know he would like throw his cape down and be like I challenge you to a fight and we'd be like look we're just trying to leave and he's like I will have you dead I challenge you to sing and we're like okay fuck it let's just kill this guy and we'd beat the shit out of him, but we always felt bad because he'd be like, you are an honorable opponent. I, I love this challenge. I will fight you another day. And so we can never kill him, but we would always do fucked up <laughs> shit. Like, you know, break all his bones and then like put him in a canoe and be like, see you later, Boromir. And then like watch him like sail <laughs> off. And then he'd come back and his arms would be all twisted and broken. He'd be like hobbling up to us and he'd have like one sword and it's all dented. And he's like, haven't you? So we had this crippled guy that chased us and tried to kill us for years. And then we eventually threw him off a bridge. Like a really tall one. That's pretty great. It was very goob. Remember one time one of my friends with a bright idea to do a rogue trader all orc party. And the way he themed it was an asteroid had slammed into a planet and we, the party had just like popped out of it. So we're like, all right, it's time to, yeah, it's time to start a wall. So for our first mission, (laughs) we have to uh, hit this uh, fuel depot. So, we go there and uh, we start killing everybody, and we're doing pretty great because you know we're orcs. They're like shitty PDF guardsmen. Yeah. And we find the fuel barrels, and we're like, "Perfect, let's put these on this truck we just stole." So we uh, we take the truck back, and we go up to the war boss, and we're like, "War boss, war boss, we did it. We got the fuel." So he's like, "Oh, is that right?" He hops up on the back of the truck. Opens up one of the barrels, looks inside, frowns, opens up the other ones, comes down, and breaks my jaw off. The barrels were empty. We forgot to fill them. Oh, no. <laughs> so we had to assault it again. And they had a tank this time. And it was fucking <laughs> horrible, but we did it. And the uh, the war boss was uh, like asking for our names, and we did like the who's on first base. And uh, oh, my name no. was uh, Dunno. So God. he was like, hey, what's your name? And uh, I was like, oh, Dunno. No, your, your name. What do you mean you Dunno? I'm, I'm, I don't know. He's like, all right, what about the other guy? Oh, he's Aiden. Aiden? Yeah, well, go get him. <laughs> oh, oh, no like. No like. Yeah, he actually killed one of the party members because he got tired of that. Like yeah. lot needs better. Seems reasonable. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would be tempted to kill some of those party members under that, under those conditions. I'd be like, okay, fuck this shit. No, I was playing this big retard orc with like a huge chopper with like serrated teeth on it. I just like uh, nailed some spiky bits to it. It was fun stuff. Best, best campaign I've ever played in my life, hands down. So, so out there on the internet, I, I have to ask this. You sent that email up, huh? Yep. Has, has anyone, has anyone responded? Nope. Not so. So of all the truckers out there rolling across America's highways and byways. There's only been fucking... like 20 ish plays on the newest 
or the second and newest one because like it cascades from the first few episodes are like extreme numbers and then every time you can cut it in half to three quarters that all the way down like the 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 uh retention isn't the greatest and i think it's because the early episodes had pablo's terrible mic times or maybe just quality i don't know we get a lot of people who click on it to listen and give it a couple episodes but then hugely drop off well it's it's like with anything and like we're at we're at episode 10 ish or 11 before we even set the email so they probably will never see it yeah that's that's kind of natural anyway is you know well yeah people like watch any series for a couple episodes yeah i have no hindsight no well that's that's how it goes with like uh you know (laughs) shit that's how it goes with like any of my series is unless it's a serial and each episode is like unique um we i i'll end up like the first episode can get five six maybe even ten thousand views and then as it goes on it it, it'll it'll peter off because people are like oh what's the first one (laughs) gay You know, because they're like, ah, I'm bored of Fallout now. You even got stuff like, uh, like, like that guy who beat uh, the new XCOM Iron Man Impossible, and like the whole point of it was that he he beat the whole thing and he didn't lose anybody. And so you know, the whole point was to watch the whole thing through. It still drops off really sharply like that. And it's just you know the way of things. What was another one? Oh, uh, there was a, a moment in Frank's campaign the other day. So I, I play a uh, a young man named Kieran. He's a bit of a coward, and he is the best when it comes to lying. And let me give you an example. So this uh, party of stormtroopers shows up at this meeting place where we're talking to a uh, an official. So we go to beat feet. And we go out the back window, and this Inquisitor shows up. Now, the Inquisitor was a villain that Frank had set up that knew one of the party members. Uh, The party member was Bean's uh, character named Nira. So I see this dude. Kieran starts freaking out, throws a grenade at him, and just runs away. The grenade did exactly one point of damage. Well, after a few minutes, um, he uh, gets down sufficiently enough that he runs away with a cloaking belt. The the thing that set off this whole event in motion is he was standing next to a sewer grate where we were trying to escape. So Karen sees that, and he's like, no way, I'm not going down there. That's obviously trapped. But the rest of the party goes down there because uh, Nira had, like, a vision from the forest that, oh, it was perfectly fine. But, you know, Karen, like, that's bullshit. He was right there. I'm leaving. So he runs across the street and up a few blocks, and he sees this blockade. I had to burn a force point to uh, make these uh, people at the blockade, there were only two of them, like, green as grass. They didn't know what they were doing. So I'm like, all right, I got this. And I fucking lied my ass off. I ran up to them yelling, like, hey, hey, there's this old dude with a lightsaber. I think he's a Jedi. He keeps attacking people. And they're like, what, what? And uh, they're starting to ask me questions. And back down the street from where I come... I hear the cloaking belt go off, and the Inquisitor starts leaning against the wall. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So thinking quickly, I'm like, there he is, that's him, blast him! And they just fucking light this dude up with a heavy repeating blaster. That's awesome. Now, he doesn't go down. Well, he does go down, but he doesn't die. And 
the uh, the two stormtroopers don't really want to approach a man who you know supposedly has a lightsaber. So I'm like, you guys stay here. I'll go check him out. So I run up to him and I uh, kneel down and I go to put my fingers on his throat, like pretending I'm going to take his pulse. And as I do, I channel my force ability called harm, and I just I kill that man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you did it, guys! You got him! He's dead! They're, like, celebrating and coming over as I'm, like, looting his body of his lightsabers and his belt. So it's they're horrible. like, oh, man, we gotta call this in. And I'm, like, backing away slowly, and I go around the corner. He's like, wait, wait, you gotta help us tell this kid! And I just activate the cloaking belt. Yeah, and you're like, I'd I love leave, to help, I... but I gotta go. Yeah, I, I, I gotta go see my mom. Bye, guys! And as I run away, I activate the cloaking belt. And as I'm going, I hear behind me, hey, Carl, I think that man lied to us. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> I love well, it, though. The worst part is they, they did just one point over his wound threshold, so he just he, he went down. If the grenade hadn't... If the grenade had done any less damage, he would have been fine still standing. And that, that that's why I, I remembered, why do I write these backstories for the, for the recurring villains with this stuff? <laughs> Well, just make him come back and, like, all of his bits are cybernetic. You could just use, you know, plot armor. Plot armor. No, that's yeah. how the dice roll. That's how it goes. It's true. I mean, that's that's kind of the that's kind of the name of the game is, you know, you are you can fudge some stuff like that Seth Skorakowski guy who does the, oh, he, he does the, um, he does that beautiful uh, series on breaking down role-playing games, but he also did the um, that story about uh, Scott Green, motherfucker, get the fuck out, you know, um, about the uh, real estate agency, and absolutely hilarious. I mean, absolutely oh, yeah. fucking hilarious. And so he was talking about how to fudge dice, and he says that basically what you got to do when you fudge dice and um, one of the things he talked about was he gave an example where it's like, oh, the Black Knight steps out of the marsh and starts fighting you. And, you know, like he narks your, he like just blasts your guys across the ground on one round. He just kills them instantly because that's what the dice say. You die. This guy wins. And and so it's really bad. Um, and the players go, oh, well, that's that's lame. And they don't enjoy it. Um, but one of the other ways to do it that would be a very good way to do it is to kind of fudge the dice to where does the player still lose? Yeah, the player still loses, but make him stand like 10 rounds with this guy. So then the players go, wow, you lost, but you fought this like super big bad dude for like 10 rounds and bought the rest of the party time to run like a hero does. So then that inspires your characters to come back and fight that guy for their fallout friend inspiration that's that's one of the things where like it, it seems in more recent games almost everybody does like all of the dice out in the open and stuff and that's that that wasn't always the way you did it uh back in the day a lot of games like the the dm did a lot of secret roles sometimes the dm could do every role for the game and uh that made like dice fudging and things it, it made it flow a lot more nicely like you you couldn't even tell yeah. And yeah. So, you I mean, know, that's, a, a that's real vindictive right. asshole would, you know, become a huge slog, but a really good DM could, you know, do a lot more. 
I just think if you have a good narrative in line, the players will enjoy it more than just randomly getting super lucky on some rolls and one-shotting like a long possible story arc, and then you're stuck with a, all right, well. Well, yeah, and, and there's well, always the tried-and-true method of that wasn't the real bad guy. You yeah, know I was, I was <laughs> that was about simply a minion. Yeah. Or or the you know, the the other easy alternative is, okay, you just uh, headshot this big organization there's a p- giant power vacuum they're all going to start fighting so so now you've got like 30 smaller warlords that you have to deal with causing havoc everywhere true well it's like for yeah. the inquisitor they killed he was a direct uh worked under vader so they now have vader's direct attention they don't realize how bad yeah, it's God damn it run. they didn't even tell me that those assholes what i'm i'm in the game and i missed that session and they they didn't tell me that they have vader's attention Oh, they don't realize it yet. I'm I'm gonna take my fucking ship and leave. Yeah, you're just like, well, I'd love to be here, but then you just slowly back up. Yeah, you just hold on, guys. Like, I left something on the ship. And you just take off. Well, that was one thing that was funny. Is I was running a Dark Heresy game, like the second game I ever ran, and at the it, at the end of the game, um, they these players had been told to like keep shit under wraps, and but I didn't punish them directly for not keeping shit under wraps. I just made things get worse. And and so things got worse and worse and worse and worse. And then finally, they managed to pull out this Hail Mary. They get things in a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, end. And, and they managed to corner this guy and they, they blow him up with like a nuke. And then the Inquisition, because they're so tired of these guys fucking shit up, teleport them out like boom, bang, teleport them out. And so as they're, they are teleported out as they're trying to get away in their getaway car, which is this hover limo. So they get teleported, bang, boom, ozone, white flash. And they're sitting in the middle of this giant throne room on this inquisitorial battleship. And it's obvious they're going to have to answer for what they've done. And so like, Everyone in the car just kind of like sighs and is like, oh, God, we should have died in that blast. This is going to be so much worse. We have to answer this Inquisitor Lord. And this guy in our party was just like such a meathead. He goes, don't worry, guys, I got this. And he's like, I threw the car in reverse. And I said, what? And he goes, you know, I like put my I look over my shoulder and I like grab the, the you know, the tree and I, I, I switch it up into reverse. And I was like, okay, you, you slowly back the hover car into reverse and it emits a loud repeated beeping noise in this, in, in this giant throne room. And he's like, yeah, so I'll just back it out of there. And I'm like, you're, you're on a spaceship. And he's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm just going to back it out. <laughs> so like several guards walk up and just pull them out of the vehicle. <laughs> because this guy's just like, no, 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 no. I, I got this. Beep, beep, beep. Just slowly backing up. And then like, you know, the Inquisitor like snapped his fingers and they, they get mobbed. <laughs> nice yeah like you don't you don't have to like enact retribution immediately you can just like sit there and smile and quietly note down everything that they've done the dm will remember this yeah it's just yeah. one of those things nobody enjoyed that 
And it's, it's, it's great when you can like instill a false sense of security and say, so they're like, Oh, well, we're getting away with all this stuff. <laughs> and, and then, you know, a couple sessions later, they're like, Oh, yeah. Ugh. That, that's just how it goes. So, um, Diggs and I played in a game of, uh, it, it, it was, uh, Curse, Curse of Strahd. Curse of Strad. Strad. Oh, yeah. And I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. But I was the only guy to get away. <laughs> yep. You killed Banana, and then you got, you died. I, got, I, I had him kill me after I made him my zombie. You were yeah, like so a, you killed you were him, like made a... him a zombie, and then you d- had him kill you. So you were both, like, fucking cursed and stuck there as monsters, more or less. Yeah, if I would and... even got out, I would have just been hunted and killed because I was a monstrosity. Yeah, you were a giant pile of tumors and curses, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was and, like hairless, and... multiple thumb, no teeth, like, stroke face, and void eyeballs into the stars, zombie skin. It was everything bad. Yeah, and Smell. and so you're there as a monster. You're horrible. You you're a smelly bum monster. And and bananas a fucking zombie that's just aimlessly wandering around with like god tier armor. I get out of that game with like tens of thousands of dollars yep. worth of gold <laughs> and stolen shit. Like I I was wealthy enough to buy part of Barovia in the end, and I just leave. And I mean, Nova's character stays there to fight the good fight and eventually watches shit go bad. And I just leave. So it's like the good, the bad, and the ugly, except it's the bad, the unfortunate, and asshole guy, which is me. <laughs> yeah, the like spoilers ahead for anyone who hasn't played it. And if you don't plan on playing it, I'll. St- if anyone here planning on playing Curse of Strahd? Uh, if it ever comes up. Ah, uh, well, then I don't want to ruin the ending. But, anyways, it just turns out there's here. no real good. Here. All right. All right. Turns out there is no good ending. Strahd always comes back in a few months. Um, so overall, the characters went like this: Banana's character, who is a dumbass half-orc barbarian with magical weapons and armor, just can kill everything. But he cut turned evil when he got one of his powers, so he was just gonna try to take over where Strahd left off. And I knew that because he thought I turned evil because he's dumb, just because I look like a monster. And he was planning on putting everyone in our party into amber tombs, like where they were, like in the amber temple, to keep you safe. And so after we killed Strahd, I saved a finger of death that should have killed me, but I saved, unfortunately, to kill him so that he wouldn't do what he was going to try to do. And then uh, our cleric, who was Nova, who she was a Kenku cleric, ended up staying in there to deal with the leftover remaining evils in Barovia so they can have peace. Our paladin who was played brilliantly by Stagger with his wild smile or whatever the hell his grimace was. I don't Stagger's know. Stagger's character was just crazy. It was <laughs> just crazy. Cause he was like, Hello, I am the and then he would like quote Shakespeare and I'd be like, yeah, I, I know that bit. You and I, I true resurrected his kid, gave him back his family, but they stayed in Barovia with his family. Vinny got, platinum and gold and crowns and all this crazy shit and fucking took off like a smart boy i i i actually 
took zombie banana into the woods and had him killed me. So now there's a challenge rating nine flying stab zombie that's going to be played in me machines next game if they ever wander off the road. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's uh, all of us who played really. Yeah, I just leave. And you, you got Ennio Maricones like fucking the good, bad, and the ugly, you know, as I walk out. I just walk out. I'm like, peace. It was a really fun time. He, he actually sent us all wine or a gift card so we can get wine to because it was an in game thing where it was all about Wizards of the Winery, different wines. Yeah, I, 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 I left. I was great. It was a really good. Uh, it was a good time. It was like a year and a half total, I think, for all of us. And overall, I would I had a, it was a really good first experience in the tabletop personally playing. And that's the thing is like, you know, it's, it's always good to have a positive experience because a lot of, a lot of, uh, first people's experiences, like some guy who's like, okay, and then, uh, let me check the rules. And, um, there was, or, um, uh, I don't like these rules. I'm never going to tell you what they mean or what they do. So I'm just going to homebrew or make it up. Just like my terrible experience with Shadowrun five. I mean, that just inevitably happens is. It's that, that it, kinda, it's homebrew apocalypse sometimes. That's I guess that's kind of like the GURPS thing where it depends entirely on the the DM who's at the wheel because like sometimes I mean when I played Shadowrun Five it felt like it was held together with you know spit and chewing gum so I would have welcomed some house rules but uh, I, I remember playing uh, Second Edition and you know you just piled house rules on that shit too and. If if you did it right, it could turn into, you know, a really fun time. I believe with but, the right combination of any people and a DM that actually cares, you can enjoy any system regardless of how shit it is. Because as long as you're having, like, a fun narrative or some good bounce, and bounce back, I mean, it could be a fun time. It's just I find the lack of longevity in those things because it becomes a fun time until you're like, all right, so what are we actually doing besides just chit-chatting? Well, yeah, and it's that's the thing is it's like Shadowrun has a problem of like rules bloat and every good Shadowrun DM I've known just rewrites half the fucking game or they put Shadowrun's world on Cyberpunk 2020's rules. Yeah, that was that was second edition, too, is is uh, every single table. They basically played a completely different game. Like if you walked into a new group of players, you had no idea how anything worked because everything got house ruled. So. And I mean, it it was great because, you know, you, you played for, you know, several sessions and you start saying, oh, well, this this sucks. We, we don't like any of this. So we're just going to replace it with, you know, these other rules that we made up. And after, you know, a couple of years, it becomes this, you know, really wonderful thing that you've made together. But then someone coming from the outside, they have no context, no idea. And it's impenetrable. How about some of your recent characters? What characters are your favorite that you're playing right now? I, I'm only playing in this game right now, so I've, I've got Zev, which I named after a Glock trigger, <laughs> um, and just Zen Monk, you know, very relaxed and chill. You're really good at coming out, though, is like, if you never put out, then you won't have to worry about being put in. Like, this, yeah, it's well, like there's, Mysterio there's from, from uh, what's that movie? Oh, uh, Mystery Man. 
Yeah, you're like Mysterio, or what's his name? The the <laughs> no, the, the Sphinx. The Sphinx. Yeah, he and then he like, like tear guns apart with his mind, and yeah, then he um, just gets called out immediately by by um what's his name's character? I can't not Brandon. Why is Brandon Fraser on the mind? That's weird. I don't think he's ever been on anyone's mind. Yep, except the mummy. Yeah, I mean, he, he was good in The Mummy, and then they made another one. It was okay, and then they made that third one, and no one watched it, and then he got kind of, like, fat and sad, which, you know, that happens, but still, it's sad. It makes me sad. None of them live up to Bubba Hotep. Disco's not yeah. dead. Oh, Disco is life. Movie. But it was Ben Stiller. He, he just called him out for what he was, and he just said, God, not exactly. <laughs> that's sad it was such a huge packed movie there was like Pee Wee Herman oh my god just so many actors in that one. Oh yeah some movies are like that speaking of never watched the D&D movie oh, I, I <laughs> a new is it a new one or an old one no, I saw the old one no it was terrible. It was not good. You know what? I loved it. I saw it in the movie theater with my dad and my brother. It was awesome. It, it's I I, I, I want to watch that. I want to watch that movie with Stagger. Oh, no, need watch that movie with Stagger on drugs so he can just he'll just get pass really out. into it. He'll always pass out. And Frank, yeah, I, why would you say something so controversial yet so brave? It's true. I, I have a thing for shitty movies. Apparently, that's what I. Well, that's fine. I mean, I I love yeah. I love movies that have holes in them you could walk through. But you know, I it's, mean, it's my one of the things that like made me survive high school was uh, uh, staying up in the middle of the night watching old shitty B movies on the Sci Fi Channel. Oh yeah, and that's the thing is every everybody's got their guilty pleasure movies. You know, everybody's got a guilty pleasure movie. Mine is the uh, Space Marine movie. I used to watch that all the oh time. Oh my god, that movie is fucking awful. <laughs> Head wound, fatal. Dude, <laughs> I got quoted for over like three months because I said Battlefield Earth was an enjoyable movie. Yeah, yeah that's... Um, I've watched that movie <laughs> sober, and I've watched that movie fucked up on drugs, and I don't know why, but see, here's the thing about Battlefield Earth, and this is this is where... People are going to go, what is this podcast? Like, they'll be like, have I just tuned into Joe Rogan? Um, have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> have you tried DMT? Jamie, go ahead and pull up the picture. Look at that ape. He could tear us all in half. It's like uh, a, a gorilla. Yeah, so let's talk about these vitamins and sitting in a dunk tank or whatever. Uh, like, you, you can't tell me people aren't pissing on that. So, yeah. look, here's here's the thing is you think about a movie like Battlefield Earth, and there's some interesting sci-fi bits in it. You're like, oh, that's a good scene. Oh, that's funny. Oh, okay, that's a funny scene. Oh, okay, that's that's like something from Tabletop. Oh, that's like 1970s sci-fi. There's all these little tropes you can pick out, and you go, oh, well, I enjoy this. Even though it's wacky and weird, I can enjoy this. But then you look at a really big movie like Avatar, and you ask someone, what's your favorite part of Avatar? And they'll think, and they'll think, and they'll think. And I'll be like, any part. And they're like, were they talking? 
you know, because you there's a visual no, beauty, but it's not yeah, the greatest. No like, one can written. remember shit about Avatar. Nobody can go, Remember that scene where this happened that was really good. No, they're like, it was pretty. That's all they can remember. It's Wait, like which pretty. Avatar? The shitty like they, live not the last one Avatar. Or... No, the the blue that people. Blue people. My my favorite part about that movie was when they were fighting each other in the mechs. I thought that was pretty cool. They they, they had the mech with the fucking combat knife. That's yeah. the main thing I remember. But you, you see what I'm saying is, is is just one of those things of like yeah. the rest of it is infinitely forgettable. And and so you you're Battlefield Earth, I can point out scenes where he's like, You're friendly bartender and I'm just like dying laughing. Um you wanna because know how it's good Battlefield go Earth is is that when I went to John Travolta's internet movie database, the first thing you see is his character from Battlefield Earth next to his face well it's that yeah no and it's it's memorable it's memorable because it's <laughs> there is a, such a thing as so bad as good and in D D, there's such a thing as so bad as good there's there's broke ass shit or bad adventures where you're like great we're gonna go to spoopy dracula's murder castle you know and 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 there's there's stuff in D D that is like oh great the wizard saved us again oh great xyz and it just becomes so so repetitive and goofy but it's 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 a bad guy trope you know yeah and as as long as you enjoy it enjoy it it was pretty good yeah i'm not gonna say it's pretty good it was actually probably terrible but i when i watched it as a kid anything was awesome this is before internet and games ruined me though it's a pretty old movie no, you know what? You just need to do a Legion movie night and put that on and be like, this is my pick. Oh, yeah. I'm totally going to force us out the barbecue at Nova's place to watch Battlefield Earth in the background while everyone just plays Just sh- show games. up with a Battlefield Earth shirt on. Dude, she'll just lock me out like she's planning. Just, just Jake show was like, them. hey, you're more than welcome to join us for the three-course dinner. And I'm all like, I don't think Nova's going to allow that. <laughs> What I'm saying though is put on like a fucking Battlefield Earth shirt and hat and and just just go nuts. I wonder if you can even find that. Probably rebubble. Dude. They have everything. Dude, they you could get it made. You could go hire someone to like draw a Battlefield Earth and make up a podcast like Battlefield Earth podcast and and like put that as a hashtag on the shirt and make people think that's your thing. Remember that movie John Travolta did with that who is an angel named Michael? Yeah, I think the oh, thing was yeah. called Michael. Yeah. You know, that movie was fucking ages ago. 96, baby. 99, baby. Woo. I'm a grind, baby. All the oh, time, God. baby. Speaking All right. Nice kids. Oh, God. Welcome I, I, to the old movie it. podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the old... Yeah, I think we've gotten enough off topic, so I think this will be a good filler episode for people who are hitting that long run of highway. Uh, out there in the distant wilds of the Americas or distant something. wilds of your Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. Upvote and the... Do they subscribe? Uh, They can follow and I guess some apps subscribe to get you like a, a level which says, hey, new episode posted. Oh, yeah. So, not, hey, if you guys are disappointed, just show up next week. It'll be all right. Drive safe, don't tailgate, try not to do too many drugs if you can help. If you ever get to this episode, congratulations, you're 
the one or less percent at this point. Uh, there is an email. Tell us why you made it this far. Yeah, please, please let us know what's going on in your brain and please how we just can say help. like hi and what you do. That would be awesome. Are you actually a trucker? And if you are, record yourself going woo. Please, for the love of God, I would love it so much. I, w- I would love that. I would love that a lot. All right. 